Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's Gospel, Jesus is coming closer and closer to his impending death. Today we read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21. Now again, we have to appreciate the context in which this story is set in. Jesus has just entered Jerusalem, so he knows his death is waiting for him. It's only a matter of maybe a week or even a few days. And so he's teaching very unambiguously, very direct, very clear. He has to be. He knows he has only just a little more time left with his apostles, and he knows the apostles have to understand the faith, the mission, and what they must do to carry on Jesus' work and establishing the church that we know today. Now notice, Jesus addresses this parable, but he doesn't address it to the apostles. It's addressed to the Pharisees. Now notice how it begins. A landowner planted a vineyard. We'll stop right there. In just that one line, you see the whole biblical theology on display. God is the landowner. God has created everything, this world, the universe, and ourselves. Everything belongs to God. Now notice also that first phrase, a landowner planted a vineyard. That's so rich in symbolism. Now, for many of us, we've seen a vineyard firsthand or we've seen pictures of vineyards. They're beautiful pictures. Essentially, a vineyard is a place of life. What does this mean for us? Well, God created everything, this entire world, to be beautiful and to be a place of life. More to it, God creates out of a desire to share his life for us. He wants this whole world to be beautiful and life-giving for us all. Now, the story continues. He put a hedge around it, dug a wine press, and built a tower. These are all great symbols. A hedge. A hedge marks a defined place. Say you have a backyard and you have a garden. Well, you put a hedge around it. Well, now that place is where the garden is going to be. Well, in this case, the vineyard has a hedge around it. It's a defined place, a place of life. Where else do we see this? In Genesis, the story of creation, where the garden, the Garden of Eden, was a defined place for Adam and Eve, a defined place that gave them life and life in abundance. Now, he built a tower. Now, I'm sure many of us at some point in time have climbed a tower or many of you have entered into a skyscraper and looked out and we see for hundreds and hundreds of yards. Well, the symbolism here is that God sees all things and is concerned about all things in the world and the universe. Our God is not a God who is some distant character far off in the solar system. No, instead he is intimately involved in our world and in our lives. Now the wine press. Well, for a vineyard, it produces grapes. Well, the grapes are crushed 
and then contained and fermented, and after a while it becomes wine. Now, anyone who has ever drinking wine, especially a good wine, knows it lifts our spirits. Symbolically speaking, when we bring wine at the time of Mass to the altar, and it is consecrated into Jesus' blood, and we drink that blood at the Eucharist, we lift our souls to God. And so the hedge, the tower, the wine press are all necessary for that vineyard to be productive. All are expressive of what God intends for his creation. God gives us many different gifts in life so that we can be, you could say, spiritually productive. God gives us many gifts. The gift of our sheer health, the gift of life, the gift of our families, our career. These are all given to us so that we may have life and life in abundance. Thomas Aquinas once said, Everything that we have, our possessions, our property, even flesh, bone, and blood, even our thoughts are not ours, but they're on loan from God. Which means what? We cherish them as very special gifts, and we care for them greatly. Now the story continues. It says, He leased the land to tenants. Now this was a common practice in the ancient world. Landowners would lease their land to people that could farm the land and produce crops. We do the same thing in our day and age. We call it sharecroppers. Tenants negotiate a deal with the landowner, and they will pay a percentage of the crops that they produce as rent. Now, symbolically, look at it. We are those tenants. God is the creator of all things in this world and the universe. And what does he do? He gives it all over to us. God wants us to participate in his life. And so he gives us or he leases everything over to us. Our health, our life, our families, our careers, the world, the universe, he gives it all to us. And so we are those tenants. We are not the owners. God is the owner of all things. But what goes wrong in our life when we forget that reality, when we forget that we are the tenants, when we take on the attitude is that this is all mine, and I use the gifts that I have for my own benefit, rather than for the benefit of God or others in this world. Now the story continues. It said that the landowner went on a journey, which means he's not micromanaging these tenants. He's not looking over their shoulder. He's not telling them how to prune the vines or water them. He trusts that the tenants will properly care for the vineyard. God does the same thing for us. He doesn't micromanage our lives. Instead, he trusts us that we will be good stewards of all the gifts that God has given us and that we will use them properly to the benefit of others rather than our own personal use so that God and others benefits from those gifts. And we all have those gifts. Now, it continues in the story. It says, At vintage time, the landowner sent servants to collect his produce. Now, God wants what we can produce. So it begs the question, what can we produce? Prayers. Prayers to one another, prayers to God. We share our skills, our talents, and our abilities for the express purpose of benefiting others. And we share our treasure to build up our parishes. See, when God collects that, then we truly bear fruit. And that's at the heart of stewardship to share everything that we have for the benefit of others, to recognize that we are tenants, that God is the landowner, and that he gives us these gifts 
so that we can produce or bear fruit for God and others in this world. And so, the landowner, he sends servants. This is symbolic of the prophets. You know, when does God send prophets to the Israelite people? When the Israelites forget their identity as tenants. When they believe that they are the rulers of the world. We must use all of creation for the benefit of God and other people. And see, that's what happens to the Israelites. They lose that sense of reality or that identity. And so God sends prophet after prophet, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, to teach them and tell them that they are tenants. And yet, what do they do in the story? How do they treat these servants? It says the tenants, they seize them, they beat them, they kill them, and another they stole. Now, such was the fate of the prophets. The prophets, most of them were killed too. Isaiah was literally cut in half. Jeremiah was thrown down a well. You look at the apostles. Many of them were martyred. And yet, notice the landowner. Notice his persistence, even his patience. He keeps sending servant after servant after servant. Finally, in the end, he says that he will send his son because the tenants will respect his son. Now, this is a direct reference to John 3.16. God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that those who would believe in him might be saved. And so, throughout salvation history, God sends prophets, and all of them are rejected. So, finally, he sends his only son. And Jesus, his mission is to remind us all that we are tenants, and that God himself is the owner. Now, notice what they do to the son. It says they seized him, they threw him out of the vineyard, and they killed him. Now, in the ancient world, it is very true that if the heir of property was deceased or was no longer living, then the tenants themselves had a right to claim the property. So, this is very factual. But notice what happened. They seized the son, they threw him out of the vineyard, and they killed him. This is exactly what they did to Jesus. Jesus was seized in the Garden of Gethsemane, just like a vineyard. They threw him out of the city of Jerusalem, and Jesus was executed or crucified outside the gates of Jerusalem on Mount Calvary. So this is exactly what happened to Jesus. Now go back to the story. It begs the question, what is it about this produce? Why is it so special? that this landover is willing to sacrifice all of his servants and even his son. Take it to a deeper level. What is it that God wants from us that is so special that he's willing to sacrifice all of the prophets and even his only son? Does God want from us power? No. Money? Cars? No. God wants from us faith and love. That's all that God ever wants from us. God values our faith in Him and our love for Him more than anything in this world. That's why He's so persistent, so patient. That's why He sends so many people to help us grow in a greater love for Him. We have to realize, we have a God that will stop at nothing to love us, even to the extent of dying on the cross. There is no length that God will go in order to love us. So what do we do, you might say? What do we do? Give God the very best of what you have. 
the gift of yourself. Give God the best of your heart, your mind, and your soul, the best of your will and your intellect. Give yourself to God first through prayer. Pray to God and pray for others. Next, give to God the best of your skills and your talents and abilities to serve God and others, especially in your parish. Finally, give the best of your treasure to God to help your parish continue to flourish. See, when we do that, then we truly will bear fruit. And that's exactly the produce that God wants to obtain from each and every one of us. The lesson is very clear and yet powerful. We can have life and life in abundance by the very measure we give ourselves away in service to God and one another in this world. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.